The Bondzilla Podcast is a bi-monthly analysis of two of cinema's longest-running franchises, James Bond and Godzilla. This week, aliens once again invade the Godzilla franchise, and this time they've brought along a giant robotic cyborg kaiju. It's 1972's Godzilla vs. Gigan. The name's Bond. James Bond. Hello again, folks. Welcome to our next Bondzilla episode. You're listening right now. This is the current <laughs> next Bondzilla episode. Is this the NPR version of yeah. uh, Bondzilla? Hello, um, everybody. We but are, if you're listening, if you're listening to a couple episodes down the line and then come back, this is not the next Bondzilla episode. But it, it was the most recent at the time of recording. So, yeah, uh, that is the facts. Of life. So you're saying like they may have skipped this episode? And they could have, like yeah. They're catching up on some episodes. Binging podcasts? Yeah. Do you binge podcasts? I do, yes. Yeah. There's a lot of podcasts I haven't been listening to, so if I go back, I'm, yeah. I'm in for a treat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've re-binged podcasts. Oh, I have too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Which always well, kind of seems silly to me, like but the, I don't... The, po- the podcast that got me into podcasts, I listened to episode 20 first, and then I kind of went back and listened to the rest of them. How dare you? If you if you don't catch the first one, don't even you know don't even listen to this if this is the first one you've been listening to. No, no, no. I'm playing hardball. No, Sandboard, sandboard. No, we, don't do we, it. We, we wa- I want you here. I want you here. Um. Anyway, uh. Yes. Uh, we are back, Nick. Uh, we are back to talk about the King of Monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh. Himself. It's Godzilla week yeah, here. It's at God- the uh, Bonzilla podcast. Yes, that's true, and uh, which we will be talking about. Shall I? Shall I? Shall, shall I? I mean, we can get right. We can get right into they it. Thought I had a stroke just then. We, we don't. Right. We don't need to do a preamble that you're eventually going to cut out, anyways. Some of the preamble stays in. Some of it does. Yeah. 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 There's just no news. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there was Bond news, but we'll talk about that probably. What's next. the Bond news? Oh, D- Boyle confirmed he's actually doing. Oh, Bond. there we go. Yeah. So yeah. Danny Boyle confirmed he is doing the next Bond. Um, they're aiming to film at the start filming at the end of the year for their 2019 release. To um, which I think we the, both the, said was. Fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the bigger the bigger news very quickly is that uh, Boyle is actually working on the script, which was a different report than we had before, which mm-hmm. is that the script was finished, that they were just looking for a director. Now it sounds like Boyle and his writing partner are actually putting their own spin on the Bond character with uh, with Daniel Craig. So it'll be interesting to see how that kind of. I turns mean, I out. guess that's a little bit more of a sell to me that like the like it maybe it's in a. You know, I hate to be this guy, but a creative's hands, yeah. Especially given, you know, the the, the what the franchise is and the mm-hmm. ownership that yeah. they have. So uh, it. it'll but, be interesting, though. Um, yeah. I'll be curious to see how it goes. And again, if uh, hopefully they start filming by the end of this year. Cool, cool. Let's uh, and then let's just uh, stretch out five minutes with preamble by saying pre preamble pre he's the pre the pre with the amble he's a preamble <laughs> um all right so nick it's time it's time we are back for more king of the monsters it is the year 1972 ooh well, no, it's the year 2018 right now. Well, yeah, well, the, the, in, in our minds. But imagine. About, imagine it's 1972. <laughs> like you're, you, got, you got shot with one of those like magical time bullets from Captain America, mm. like the comics. Yeah. So your mind is in 1972. 
well, Nick, if your mind is in 1972, then you go to the theaters. Everybody else is going to go see Wrinkle in Time, Tomb Raider, The Strangers 2. But in your mind, you're like, I'm going to go out to see Godzilla versus Gigan. Will I? <laughs> or, as it was called in the U.S., because are you, like, do you have the U.S. mind or a Japanese mind? Because if you have a Japanese mind, you would either go see Godzilla versus Gigan, a.k.a. Earth Destruction Directive, Godzilla versus Gigan. Okay. But if you're on the U.S., if you have a U.S. 1972 mind, then you're going to go see Godzilla on Monster Island. It's a good title, <laughs> considering how much Monster Island is featured. Hey, you movie. love Monster Island. I know. And it's it's so featured in this movie. Um, So, yes, year 1972. Returning director Nick... June, June Fukuda. Fukuda. Yes, I, I can recognize the names now on uh, the uh, opening credits. He returns to the directing chair, and uh, as a reminder, his last contribution to the Godzilla canon was uh, Abira and Son of Godzilla. Yes. So some of the more lighthearted, whimsical additions to the mm, canon. Yes. Yes. Um, all right, Nick. So shall we, shall we get into it? Let's get into... Godzilla vs. Guy. Let's uh, let's, do, let's discover do, do you, this movie. Did you have any pre knowledge of this edition of the movie? Because I will say one thing about it that you may have not you may you may have subconsciously known. This movie is the movie that I have the Godzilla T shirt of. The one I believe you got me? Yes. 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 So this mo- that t-shirt that I have with the Godzilla poster on it is this movie. Mm. Is yes. Godzilla vs. Um, I uh, No, I did not know much about this one, to be quite honest. Uh, I saw, uh, when we when they popped in the DVD, I did see Ghidorah on there, so I kind of knew, okay, I guess Ghidorah is going to show up. But other than that, not, not really knowledgeable about what the deal with this Gigan character was. Even though we have been looking at him at my workstation for quite some time. Yeah, it's yeah. Gigan, right yeah. there. Now I see him. It's a picture of Gigan. Right next to Batman. Here, I'll take a picture of it for the SM. Uh, the social media, Nick. Mm-hmm. Don't don't be... Don't are, be... Are you, are you going to get Batman in the picture? No. Oh. Uh, what's, what's the point? Well, there's puppies in the picture. Oh, okay. Does that that's count? Fine. Yeah, that's fine. Puppy on. That's okay. I, I'll accept that. Batman. It's, that's a new. Batman new and puppies are kaiju. pretty much equivalent, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I like them both. <laughs> that's the... They both have dead parents. Whoa, whoa. Hey. Dark. Dark. Well, you know who doesn't have dead parents? This story about the movie because mm. stories don't have parents. Oh. Segway. <laughs> the best segue ever. Oh. Um, all right. Segway. So. Nick, let's talk about the development of um, yes, let's talk Godzilla about versus uh, Gigan. Are we ready to to go through this? Are no, we, we ready? Or can we, join me down this path, Nick, as we continue down the Godzilla canon? Uh, no, we, we need more preamble. Preamble. No, no, but we preamble. Yeah. Okay, we can go. Yeah, that's enough. That's <laughs> or, enough. Preamble. Or like a Godzilla. It's we gotta do more of like a Godzilla roar. Preamble. <laughs> preamble. Um. All right. So, Nick. We are fresh off the heels of Hedora. And uh, as you remember, Hedora came out with, as we always say, with the Godzilla movie, moderate success, but very baffling reactions. Right. Uh, both uh, in the public and in Toho itself. Right? <laughs> well, no. In the public, mostly. In Toho itself, it was very displeased reactions. Okay, yes. But kind of baffling <laughs> to an extent, displeased. So after uh, the producers were displeased with the results of Hedora and after 
essentially the plans for a sequel just kind of fell through, Mm -hmm. you know, more so because of they weren't too pleased with it. Toho's plans with Godzilla were, all right, none of this artsy-fartsy creative nonsense. We're going to go back to the basics, all right? Bare-bones Godzilla, okay? We're going to be channeling an old formula, and that formula is specifically Godzilla fights aliens mm. <laughs> that's the goal well i mean like technically hedora was an alien so it's not like the last movie like jumped too much off of that formula but yeah but he really it really wasn't about like aliens no no fighting. no, yeah, no I, I i know i, right, know, I agree right. basically the older formula never had random animated segments interjected into the movie or so. random fishmen dancing exactly or old men yeah. staring in the distance none of that none of that nonsense so just other nonsense it was back to the drawing board or back to the writing board as screenplays were drafted up nick multiple ones yes uh so early drafts of this movie depicted a similar but ultimately very different film mm-hmm. so nick i want you to close your eyes and vision this movie so this was the original idea for the movie. Uh, in this movie, the villain was an alien named Miko, an extraterrestrial brain who planned to conquer Earth. So he got a little Krang action coming in. Um, his minions were to be King Ghidorah and two new monsters, reported to be Gigan and another monster called Megalon. That name sounds kind of familiar. Yes. Uh, the film would have seen Miko use his monsters to install his consciousness into a giant Incan god idol, which would have been revealed to be a lot uh, to be a living creature itself when Gigan sawed into it. The Incan god named Mahentuo would have teamed up with Godzilla and Anguirus to defeat Miko and his alien monsters. The working title of this film: Godzilla. Versus the space monsters, Earth Defense Order. Why do like? Why did the Japanese title like just add on the stuff? <laughs> like, what? Why? Why can't it be? You know, Godzilla versus the space monster. Good pitch. Is somebody's like ah, it needs to be more. <laughs> like, I'm not, it seems like they're Earth Space One. <laughs> do it. <laughs> so. That was the original idea for the movie. So you, you can see some elements that yeah. may have remained uh, mm-hmm. in our final product. Uh, one version was titled The Return of King Ghidorah and pitted Godzilla, Rodan, and Varen, who was the flying squirrel lizard kaiju that we saw in Destroy All Monsters, mm-hmm. um, and also uh, kaiju in his own right in his own movies, Um uh, pitted them against Ghidorah, Gigan, and a third monster that was either going to be Megalon or another monster called Mogu. Uh, while things still changed, it is reported that this version was the closest to the final product. Uh, Megalon was dropped entirely for now. Ooh, yeah. And Godzilla was once again paired up with Anguirus. So this is like the first movie where... It, it had there has been reported a, like a decent track for what the right story production right because it, it seems like in the in the past it's pretty much like you come up with an idea they just kind of write it maybe make minor changes throughout the process and then kind of just put it out there mm-hmm. this one seems like off the heels of this weird and wacky and kind of odd 
Hedora story. Right. That they kind of were actually trying to figure out, okay, let's let's actually develop this script a little bit and kind of figure out to get back to that, as you said, that classic Godzilla formula. Yeah, and I mean, you're, you're right. It does make sense because maybe it's more of a, all right, we got to figure this out. We, yeah. we got it like, you know, we there's we let them loose on the last one. We got to figure out what what's the story with this one, which to be, to be fair, that original pitch is pretty you know there's thought into it yeah. like the, the one i just read about mm-hmm. like you know ink and got like i mean it it still sounds like it's all over the place right but, but it, it sounds it, very exciting. it's got like a villain it sounds exciting yeah which have we had a straight up villain in a in a godzilla movie like we've had like alien races be the villain but have uh, we had to, and we've had just kind of like little like mob bosses and things like that. Hmm. But have we had just like a straight up like human villain? You mean? Yeah. Well, I guess like Ghidorah, King Ghidorah, yeah, was a villain in Three Headed Monster. Yeah, and like he uh, was kind of the villain. And Ghidorah's straight up villain, kind of too. Yeah, I guess. I mean, just technically speaking, it's interesting because you know, because I mean, like we have the. The nuke military farmers in uh, Ibera. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I think that was the first time that we had like a straight up villain. That villain is, in the movie because yeah. it, it's hard with the monsters because you know you they're, run they're the, the risk. major yeah they're major conflict of the movie right so. and it's hard because you can only personalize them so much mm-hmm. or you know not that, personalize them at all yeah or mm-hmm. <laughs> or just. Uh, you know, make a certain decisions to personalize them, yes. as we may or may not see uh, in this movie. Um, all right, so as we're talking about, so I was just talking about, uh, so they decided to keep Ghidorah in the movie, and they decided to keep Gigan in the movie as the two enemy monsters, which leads us to talking about our new monster, Nick, and that is Gigan. Uh, now, I have an explanation from him, but as always, it is up to you to describe to our listening audience who can't see Gigan. Can you describe Gigan to the listening audience? All right. He's like a mix between a lot of things. <laughs> he's a mix between all the bots of Mystery Science Theater. So, Tom Servo. All right. that I can kind of see that. Tom yeah, Servo, Crow, and Gypsy. And to an extent, even Cambots in there a little bit. Uh, he has, um, since we were watching this last night, he has Nick Nolte's hook hands from from Tropic Thunder. <laughs> except these ones are real; they're attached to him. Right. Uh, he has a buzz saw. Uh, he also kind of looks like a. Well, chick- where where's the buzz saw on his stomach? Yeah. <laughs> he kind of looks like a chicken too. Like like a little bit like when you're kind of seeing him, he kind of looks like a, a just a chicken mm-hmm. thing. Also a lizard robot. I mean that's. You know, that's as good as I can get, really. I I have him written down describing him as a giant parrot dinosaur cyclops with fins that let him fly and sides for hands. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, so this is so here's our introduction uh, to Gigan, Mm. who is, and this is kind of given away a little bit, but I will I will just say it right up front is considered like definitely a a fan favorite. Mm. And and I have to say, like I don't know how you feel. I'm seeing I'm seeing some faces, Nick. But I have to say, I love just from like the design standpoint, just Geigen himself. From a design standpoint, I can see why he's a favorite. Yeah, because I just think from he's just a- like just from like kind of 
yeah, from kind of the how he's put together, as weird as he kind of looks, and as I've kind of described him as this weird mystery science theater robot chicken hooked hand thing. Well, I would argue, I think he is the most solidly designed kaiju enemy that we've seen in quite some time, I think. Like, Hedora's I, fine. I, fair. I mean, yeah. it's fair. Yeah, yeah. Especially since, like, half of them have been just giant animals, so yeah. they're not really designing <laughs> anything. Well, good thing you mentioned that, because uh, it is reported that that somewhat went in line with um, where they wanted to go with the character and design him. So, there are some reports that he was designed in a way that would have been marketable. Uh, either from a merchandising rights or just like oh like something that's cool and they did want to design something that was a little bit more streamlined that they didn't have to rely on making animalistic yeah so instead of making a giant animal they wanted to simplify the design and make something a little bit more kind of like spacey and robotic Mm -hmm. um speaking of robotic though nick uh, some a little information about Geigen uh, himself is that while it is not entirely confirmed in the movie, Geigen is a cyborg kaiju, hmm. uh, making him the first robot-based kaiju in our canon thus far. Yeah, it seemed like he was very robotic. So I would guess, even if I if it wasn't a cyborg type of deal, I would guess that he was just a robot right. by aliens. Well, while it's not made explicit in this movie, it's very much his origins and like pretty much every other appearance yeah. uh, that he's in. Um, so. Yes, so and I had to look that up because I because I made the notice as I was doing notes. I'm like, oh, I guess it is kind of like the first robot kaiju that we've done. Geigen was initially supposed to have a beam weapon, uh, specifically laser eyes, and that was, makes sense considering that the design he has like a visor. It right. seems like it seems like it'd be ripe for laser eyes. And uh, this was seen in all the marketing, uh, like posters and such. Uh, but the effects director uh, felt it didn't fit the character so it was ultimately never seen in the movie now i thought about this because i had the same exact reaction as i was doing research i'm assuming because throughout this movie they want to portray geigen as more of like a brutal hand-to-hand fighter which is probably just what he does most of the time so maybe they didn't want to do like the beam thing well in in all other media his beam weapon is like a like a cyclops like yeah like coming out of his eyes so maybe he was just broken maybe it's like he when he he's making his flight through space and just kind of jumped and jiggled some and some maybe space he like, debris hit he, he tried to use it during the fight and then it didn't work he's like oh crap not forgot again. He, he like got up in the morning he, he forgot to charge his eye yeah. beams, like before he went to bed uh, the yeah, night his, before. Yeah, his uh, he accidentally uh, his uh, pet unplugged it. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. Like, well, it's like or it's like kind of like what happened to your car that one time, where he's just flying through space and just one inopportune piece of space debris just like hit his visor, just cracks it. Yeah, didn't that happen to you on the highway once? Yeah, yeah. That like a, a rock just hit up and hit my hit my windshield and just crazy. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, Gaigen was played by uh, Kenpachiro Satsuma, um, who did not get along with the um, designer of the costume uh, because the designer of the costume was way more into the look of the costume than mm-hmm. functionality. <laughs> and for and uh, 
at one point forced the uh, scythes on the hands to be made out of fiberglass, which made it almost dangerous and impossible Ugh. to lift up Ooh. the actual scythe. <laughs> so they did not get along. Uh, but Satsuma was also known for playing Hidora in the previous movie and uh, would eventually don the Godzilla suit. Um, so I have a follow-up on that, but... Um, well, we'll get. Well, I'll, I was going to ask you about Gigan, but we'll talk about that in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of the Godzilla suit, uh, Nick, uh, this would be uh, ha- um, Haru Nakajima, who was the original Godzilla, mm-hmm. who's been playing Godzilla. Uh, this would be his final film Aww. as Godzilla. Um, and we actually had mentioned uh, we paid our respects last year when he had passed away. Yeah. Um, him leaving was reportedly due to him being cycled out of Toho's, uh, contract actor system, uh, because the studio was going through, uh, was splitting up in subsidiaries in 1970, so, you know, things kind of get either put aside or discontinued during that time period. Uh, despite this, he remained employed at Toho and reportedly found work at the studio's bowling alley. Ooh, well, that's, uh, that's a step down but up too because bowling alleys are fun yeah but i mean i i think part of it is kind of interesting there it's like well we want to keep you employed like because you have been godzilla all yeah, this year. and it's like a suit actor not to do any disrespect to it but i do wonder if like if mean, the studio would have seen him like we got to give you other acting jobs yeah i and, mean like i guess to, to be an extent he's been doing it for almost 20 years well this would have completed a 24 year period in which he played the king of the monsters yeah yeah um. So, some minor notes. Nick. Minor notes. Minor notes. Um, Under eighteen notes. Yes. BB the ball. BB doll notes. Yeah. They, these. Well, these are um just three notes. So it is under eighteen notes. Yes. <laughs> um. All right, Nick. Here's your favorite. Mm. I know you're gonna love this. Okay. The budget. Right. The budget for this movie was, as always, super strict. I, yeah, we haven't we haven't really talked about the budgets for Godzilla movies. Like, yeah, not, not as much as we have for the Bond movie. Well, because time. so. The One, reason being is because monetary money wise, mm-hmm. like at least for me, maybe it's because I'm lazy, but Japan's a little bit hard to follow. Yeah, um, it's be- because I think it depends on what is reported for their budgets. What's reported, and, and also it's like especially we're dealing with some you know the still older movies and stuff like that. So. They also and remember like every report about like their box office is like by tickets as well. It's yeah. not necessarily by right. money. Yeah, well it is by money, but I mean they always report it by tickets. Um, so this forced the use of stock footage. Yes, and clips. From several past uh, Godzilla films, mm. and uh, mm. some of the reused footage was hidden using uh, filters and altered lighting and posts. But um, <laughs> as we will see, most were just copied over. <laughs> yes, you're hiding the fact that you're using the same scene from Destroy All Monsters by putting a slightly orange filter over it. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like some of them is just unavoidable. There are some shots in the movie where it's just King Ghidorah, just like a still shot, like just a, like a, a one shot of him. Yeah. And they they change the lighting of it a little bit, but then it doesn't work because they don't change the lighting to match the scene. It's just like a like a yeah. different it, yeah. it's it's a it's uh, uh, not it's a yeah, disaster. It's, it's not good. Um, Stock footage is not good. Don't don't do it, filmmakers. Could you imagine if, like, Infinity War was just, like, they used just footage from other Avengers movies? Well, I had mentioned this while we were watching it. Could you imagine just a studio in general getting away with just filling their movie with just shots from previous other movies? Like, I said the most 
The closest ex- example I've seen of this was in Transformers Three: Dark of the Moon. Yeah. Um, which for some reason, all Transformers movies, you got to get the got to get the subtitle in there. Um, but Transformers Three: Dark of the Moon, uh, there's a highway chase scene with the Transformers, and they reused footage from Michael Bay's other movie, The Island, that had a highway chase in that with like cars exploding and everything. And it's not chalk full of it but there's like three or four shots in it where they just use the footage from the island and then they like put a transformer into it so like there's a shot of like a something crashing into a car in the transformers movie they take that footage and then it's like the transformer crashing into the car Hmm. which is yeah but like just like imagine like if like we had like a new avengers movie and they're like oh Thor's coming back, but like most of Thor's footage was like from Thor: The Dark World. Yeah, the most they would do now because it's like the modern age is like that shot of him in Avengers when he like lands on like the the Quinjet, mm-hmm. you know, like when he introduces himself. Yeah, the modern version of this Godzilla movie would be they take that shot, but they green screen him doing that onto another thing. Yeah, so at least there's that little bit of like, all right, well we're gonna mad him onto something. Mm. Um. So Akira Fukube was credited for the music. Yeah, I so, saw that too. Yeah, but Nick, alas, it is not what you think. Oh no, <laughs> he is it's only a fake cr- Fukube. He <laughs> he's only credited in the movie because mostly due to his themes are just being recycled and reused. Uh, yeah, this in, is another. This movie. I did notice there was this was another movie that had a lot of uh, reused themes, but I just thought like he was just being like, oh, let's just use all these themes we have. We have the Ghidorah, Which, we have the Ghidorah theme, we have the military theme, we have the Godzilla theme. It's also like less, at least to me, egregious because you know we haven't been treated to those those themes and that music as much in the past couple movies. Yeah. So it's like, all right, well, it's nice to see it. Um, so this reused music not only came from the original Godzilla score, but also from other kaiju films, yeah. such as Frankenstein Conquers the World, Atragon, and King Kong Escapes. Mm. So they're just going through the whole... The whole... The whole... Ifakube uh, Gambit. The, the whole Ifakube canon. Okay. Um, and the last note, Nick. Last note. Final note. Final BB the ball. And this note. is the most interesting one. Nick, this may be... The first, well, technically not the first. The other ones would have been two, but this may be explicitly the first Godzilla prequel. It's a prequel, Nick. Right, because which may explain the quality. Mm. <laughs> Got him. Well, because I can kind of guess. Okay, um, because yeah, let me know what you think it is. Because if I remember correctly, we said that Destroy All Monsters takes place in 1999, mm-hmm. and in that movie, Ghidorah dies. Mm-hmm. But Ghidorah shows up in this movie, so how could that be? Well, if if Destroy All Monsters takes place in 1999, then I'm guessing this movie takes place probably around the era that it was made. So, as I say, the movie this movie takes place in 1972. I'm gonna hide my notes from you. You're reading my notes. I'm not reading. Yeah, you are. You son of a bitch. What? I can't. <laughs> I can't be aware of how these movies. No. I. I need to be smart, Nick. Well, I need to be smart at things I that, just read last that night. That was something I was actually going to bring up. Yeah. Just in a sense that, like, now the timeline seems... If these, if these movies are in a distinct timeline, which I kind of doubt anyways... Right, right. Um, it's like, it's not really clear at what point Monster Island was made, because it seemed like in, in Destroy All Monsters, it felt like, oh, it was like a very recent thing. Like, oh, let's just put all the monsters here. But, like, now the movie is called, you know, Godzilla on Monster Island, and all, they they use that footage from Destroy All Monsters where the monsters are hanging out. So, well, to answer your question, Nick, that is exactly uh, what I was getting at. Is that in 
Destroy All Monsters. Um, it is said it takes place in 1999 or um, at the uh, close of the 20th century. And uh, since no, um, since no uh, like specific specificity in time is made in this movie, we can just assume it takes place in 1972. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're right, Ghidorah is alive, um, even though it really doesn't matter. Yeah. But given all that, you could assume that. Oh, and then also the big thing is that. In that movie, it's established that Monster Island's been around, and in this movie, they said, well, all the monsters are on Monster Island, yeah. and so you can just assume yeah. this is all prequel if you want. Which, at the end of the day, I guess you could assume that the other ones are prequels, too, kind of, I suppose. Well, yeah. Or, I, well, I think for now, sometimes it may be just good to assume that each one takes place in its own little timeline yeah it's its own little pocket universe You're right i um, think that's... unless because we will go forward and we will see like direct Sequel. continuations yeah. well especially uh, i mean I, it, and yeah. it will probably it'll probably be different once we get to a different era right yes but, absolutely 100 yeah. percent. um all right so that is all the uh production history of uh godzilla versus Gigan. nick do you have any thoughts about uh you know how this movie was made <laughs> Uh, not really. I mean, <laughs> I think I thought it was an interesting. No, no, no. It was, uh, it was interesting. Only because uh, it did give us a glimpse to what could have potentially been a much what, more interesting what movie. Could have been, what what could have? Yeah, no. This one, this one was a little bit more of a what could have been. Yeah. I mean, if, if, this, wait, if this movie had an Incan god, it would be immediately. Like, so there's a version of this movie with an Incan god and an alien brain controlling monsters yeah i would have been into that i would have been into that i don't know how much i'm into godzilla versus guy again all right well let's uh let's get get into it Mm -hmm. but though the human race dies some other creatures would still survive exactly as we did we took over our planet and then we built up a new sort of technology but why we're a little too late our planet had already started to die. So, you want to take over the Earth? Conditions here are very favorable for us. Not ideal as it is, but we could soon make it very peaceful indeed. Peaceful? But peaceful for who? For us. For our own species. Nick! Something funny going on here? You better check! Okay. <laughs> That will be explained. That will be explained. I had left that piece of information intentionally left yeah. out because we will get we'll, to we'll it. We'll talk about that. So, um, but in the so meantime, Godzilla yeah. versus Gigan. Yes. Um, the so we 1972 talk, should we just talk, talk June about our, our thoughts on it? If I really get the overall thoughts. Okay. So <laughs> this movie isn't as bad as um, All Monsters Attack or Godzilla Raids Again. But it does feel as cheap as those movies, and that really kind of permeates throughout the entire film mm-hmm. in terms of that use of stock footage, in terms of the plot, in terms of the fights. It just feels like a cheap movie that just ultimately kind of just undermines a lot of what is good about the movie. So, um, and it's I mean we'll talk I'll, I'll bring up some of that stuff a little bit as we go through the plot. But is it all? It's all of those movies where, like, when you really think about a lot of the elements of it, like, it just doesn't make sense. Like a lot of the like little specific plot elements and like the decisions they've made throughout the movie in terms of like the filmmaking. It's like, oh, 
why did this have to be this way? You don't really explain like the the justification behind this, and then it just kind of the movie just doesn't have like a coherent like step by step plot for me. Right. I actually wouldn't call it cheap. I would actually call this movie lazy. Mm. I would call this kind of like highlighting the laziness yeah. of what can go beyond this movies and. More so, and the reason I hate calling saying a movie's lazy because there's so much work that goes into yeah, just movies still, I mean, in general. There's, there's, I mean, obviously they did three passes of the script, so it's not like they right, right. And you know, there's you know people, mostly talented people, work on like various movies. So I just hate to call movie yeah. lazy, but it really is. No, it's, it's just highlighting all the things that could make a movie, or that like Toho. It's like this. These are all like the things you, you know how sometimes. Like I don't hate Thor: The Dark World, yeah, but it is kind of uh, you can't people can point to that as like the ultimate thing of like what everybody hates about Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I like Thor. I, I enjoy Thor: The right. Dark World, but I mean, it's I'm not going to defend it. In but that it's sort of it, sense. but it's guilty of all like the things that people say are, are like the are, worst are things, things about Marvel movies. Right. Yeah. This kind of is in that vein. It's like yeah, it's, yeah. Where, no, I feel it. Um, and really, the way I described it was. It's not the worst of Godzilla movies, but it's got none of his good qualities either. No, it's it's like I said. Like, Other than the monster's really cool. St- I mean, it's, I think it's near to to me. It's near like the bottom of the list. Yeah, but it's, yeah. It's not. It's not all monsters attack. It's not Godzilla race again. But it still has because it's more coherent than those movies at the end of the day, and it's it it has a lot more. In comparison to even well, something like Monsters Attack, it's like it still has some entertaining stuff. I don't know. I just feel right. like it's a little bit more put together in terms of like, okay, well, yeah, I, I suppose it's not like all over the place. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it has. Here's the thing: it has like a straight line. Like yeah. the plot kind of has like a traditional plot, and there are ways you could have made this a more interesting movie. Mm-hmm. It's just like they don't. Right. So okay. So the story of this movie is that there is a. <laughs> comic book artist who is trying to get a job mm-hmm. and he- this is my first love <laughs> why did he need to be a comic book artist because that does not play at all okay well here, here's outside the of the i don't first- want to waste too much time on, on the pl- the plot of the movie essentially is they did bring back the notion that aliens are coming to take over the world right so if you've if you've heard our podcast about destroy all monsters you heard our podcast on invasion of astro monster <laughs> <laughs> it's different than those two for sure, right? Right. But it's essentially the same thing, where it's like aliens are disguised as humans, and they're trying to take over the world. Well, okay, but I will give the credit. This, this is where you're right. Like you know, there's these elements that you know, it, it's such a mixed bag with how well they do these elements. But so the elements in this movie is like they, the aliens in this movie are very nefarious with. Leaning on understandable goals, I guess, mm-hmm. where you find out, like, okay, ultimately, I'm not even going to bury the lead. You find out they're cockroaches. Yes. Like, you find out that the alien species are, they say they're, like, this alien race that can survive the most extreme uh, conditions. Right. And then you find out they're just, like, And big the way you find out, can we just talk about this? So Yes, because the- this did, very, this tickled me quite. Because, yeah, so, again, there, so, these were elements where I'm like, that's the goofiness so I want. About, I want to talk about a little bit of how we lead up to that, but we'll just get to that point. So, yeah. eventually, like, our heroes are confronting the, these aliens, these two aliens that are, like, basically the, the main aliens that are in control of everything. Um, And, like, they've revealed their plan and all that sort of stuff. 
And then like the power goes out and you see like the emergency lights come on. Right. And you see like the guy and then it pans over and his shadow is this giant like bug cockroach right. thing. <laughs> Which and, I love. It makes no sense. Yeah. So but it's, it's how they reveal that yeah. they're giant bugs. So I just want to go. So first of all. But, but yeah. anyway, sorry. J- real quick and then you can go. But the plot is essentially that they are trying to bring about peace on Earth. But that villain way of like we're gonna wipe out humanity because like you're the worst and thing for the ba- planet. Basically, like we're gonna have peace on Earth. You are gonna wipe you out, and then we're gonna take over because right. our our planet is dying, and uh, we're a peaceful people or people peaceful, <laughs> quote, peaceful unquote, quote unquote quote unquote peaceful. And they're doing that by having by making a f- tape on a freak a frequency on a tape that will control Gigan and King Ghidorah. To basically wipe out all life on Earth. Yeah. So, so that that's the plot of yeah, the movie. So, yeah. So you know, because we the, one of the things about this movie is that a lot of the elements that it sets up are basically things that are set up for like one scene, and then <laughs> they don't play at all. So like for example, so let's go through our, like our main cast. Right? right. Yeah. So we have this comic, like this manga comic book artist that's trying to like pitch these new kaiju to yeah. all these like companies. And he gets hired by the villains essentially because they're for he's getting hired by the villains and the villains front is they're building a children's amusement park. Yes, yeah. Which for some reason has Godzilla Tower as the centerpiece, which is just an excuse for them to build like a fake Godzilla. Now like, that, I, that, that, I that's one of those things. I actually think because um I did have this written down and I think I forgot to keep it in, but I believe that was built some at a, for something else, mm. and then they utilized it in this movie. Yeah, because it's just like, because that was one of those things where it's like, oh, like, the villains, why did they build a Godzilla-shaped tower? Why was their front a children's amusement park? Yeah, it's, it's never it's, explicitly explained why like, that's and they the never, front. They never use it to their advantage. Like, yeah. It's never really, like, they kind of say, like, oh, they get donations, but, like, it's not really in a sense of, like... Well, maybe that's the reason. They get money because it's like everybody thinks it's going to the, this children's park. Yeah, but like it's also like it just, it's never really. But the, like, like, why do they need? Yeah. All, I mean, they like they're aliens, so why do they need the money? Don't they have the technology right. themselves? Right. And they seem like they could have just been like a business. Well, and then it's like, also it's, implied like that. So these bugs are they're either putting their minds into dead people yeah they're, or they're mimicking dead people yeah what's ne- again that's neither really confirmed or denied either. right which is also just like a level of conspiracy that just doesn't need to be in the movie yeah. or just so poorly executed because they're like oh we found this kid who you and i did not recognize was like a kid right, we thought he was some dude in his 30s yeah because because they're like oh man the, the the leader of this company is like 17 years old yeah. and i was like that guy looked 30. Right, there's right. There's no it, way he's 17. Right. Because but they never explain, like, is it like... So there's this whole thing about that they go to find out who this kid is, and then they find out, like, oh, that, that kid's been dead for, like, for a like year. year. Yeah, for, for a one year. Because it's a one-year anniversary. Right. Because it, it's, like, like the, the priest is there to, like, give, like, the, the, the one-year anniversary prayer. And right. Like, so I thought, like, it was going to be, like, oh, he's mind-controlled. But no, he's just an alien. He's just... Dead. Yeah, he's just dead, and they're pretending to, to be, him. be him. But why him, though? And why use the same name? Because you feel like it. Because they use the same, like yeah, like they use the name like the the other guy who was the teacher. Because it's basically like the kid, the kid who died. It's a stupid kid, and they call him a stupid kid. And then the other guy, the other 
alien is impersonating the teacher that the kid died with because they were like on a rock climbing incident. But the teacher person uses the exact same name. He's like Mister <laughs> Mister uh, Kabuto or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. it was. And so, like, why would you use the same? It was name? Kabuto because I remember because that's a Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say I didn't want to say Kabuto because I was like, that's a Pokemon. Yeah. Um. But like, yeah. But again, and it doesn't. So they also, for example. So the manga guy gets hired, right? Right. By so he, he gets Wait, can we talk about like this guy's like ideas? So his pitches for well, first of all, he's a terrible like I think he's got the talent, but he's got terrible like work ethic. Yeah. Because he's turning in pages for his comic book. And I don't work in the comic book industry, but I'm pretty sure like you shouldn't like just have your pitch be like, Oh, I'm gonna finish that panel right. later. Like because like, he goes so the for opening scene is like he goes up to like he's pitching like these two monsters, which we'll talk about in a second. <laughs> but he's pitching these two monsters and like the boss looks down at it, it's like Oh, but these aren't colored in. He's like, oh, I'll finish that later. I'll get to that a little bit later. <laughs> but his monster, what are his monsters? One of his monsters is Momagon, which is like a giant mom. Mo- no, well, first is the homework monster. Yeah, the homework monster. There's the homework monster because, as in his words, kids hate homework. Right. So they'll hate the monster. Yeah. And then his other, and what's funny is like he keeps on bringing up these ideas. He's like, you'll never believe what I came up with. <laughs> yeah. So then the next one is like Momagon, which is like a mom monster. So he says the, the, mon- the monster of strict mothers. Yeah. That's what- <laughs> which made me really confused because he bases it off like this girl that he's with. Yeah. And so he, he's calling it like the mo- the strict mothers. Right. So at first I thought like the this girl was his girlfriend, but then he's talking about her being like the, the monster of strict mothers. Wait, but I, I thought he was just channeling a strict woman archetypes. Yeah. As the strict. I didn't think that was his mom. No, I but, but, that but was- he said the, the, just because he said like the monster of strict mothers, then even the, the, the girlfriend that he bases the strict mother off of like... Her one role in this movie is they plant, oh, she's a black belt, and right. then, like she kicks butt, and then that's it. Right. Like so that the thing, like like the characters in this movie just have like this one thing, and even that one thing just kind of disappears. Like, right. And like, right. It, I mean, I I guess for this type of movie, and this is a backhanded compliment. I guess it's kind of cool that they bring in the girlfriend to be the muscle. Yeah. Like I, that's kind of cool, I suppose. But but it really does like make it. The movie just doesn't have that personality because all the personalities are just kind of shoved to the side. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, Definitely. Like, like, you could do something interesting with the comic book artist or, like, you know, this guy. Like, oh, uh, like, he's always eating, but then his he uses a banana peel and it slips on the banana peel. Well, it becomes just super clear that there's really no characters. Yeah, there's no there's no character. and like Which, which is, it's interesting because Jun Fukuda... And I know, like, you know, it's it, it works a little bit differently. It's not like he's always, like, the director's always in tune with the script all the time. But I would argue his two movies have had some of the more definitive yeah. characters. Yeah, like, Abira so- has, like, the thief and, like, the brothers on the island. And it just they just have personality. And right. they have something that tracks... Yeah, and Son of Godzilla has a ton of personality. So it's yeah, just kind and, of and, interesting and, yeah. that this doesn't have any of that really it does not also i want to bring up so why do the aliens hire this comic book guy like are they planning to take over nick i'm completely i'm completely blanking on like what the what the thing is so like because they hire him and they're like oh we can design some sponsors for your monster museum which is going to be in the zion right tower which has no reason to exist well no because i think that's for the front of it yeah but like but like then like what's what's your plan then like why I know I don't think he but if I remember correctly and I'm probably not but I thought that 
he goes to that company or children's land and that's just part of the front. Like that's just part of the everyday business is hiring this guy to help design. Like that's a completely separate thing. And while he's there, he just stumbles across See, but the, to me the, it's like the mysterious going on. There's a couple things. One, it seems like their plan is already like near completion. Right. Like does they're like right there to like enact their plan, which we'll talk about in a second. So it's not like they need to hire people. Right. Two, well, like, but why, are you, why are you hiring a manga artist? And then you're like, he's going to come up and be like, oh, can I draw some stuff? And you're like, oh, no, we're taking over the world. And like, are you trying to find more people? Nick, for your, you can't for, just you can't just you can't just cut off your revenue streams just because you think you're almost there. You got it. You got it. Well, like, what if it doesn't work out? What if these cockroaches, their plan doesn't work out? And then they're then they're bum out of luck. Then they don't have any income. <laughs> it just, to me, it just doesn't make sense. Well, no, because it's Godzilla versus Gigan. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> Well, because like they then they, they run this business, but then even that part's just kind of forgotten because like, oh no, you know what does you know what makes even less sense that this guy just strolls into the bad guy's lair like, like twice. Yeah. <laughs> and what's crazy is that he is seen by the one guy who seems to be like the more like with it like aggressive partner alien who sees him earlier as just a normal guy. And then he sees him again in the boss's headquarters in his office and then doesn't, like, think twice about it. Mm. Like, he's like, you just saw this guy. This is just a normal guy. And even if he wasn't, if he's just some coworker, because I'm assuming the aliens know who else is an alien. Because mm. it really only seems to be the two of them. Maybe. I don't know. That, they never no, there's that like maybe like one other dude, I think. Um, no. yeah. But so they do that. And because there's also this whole other plot line where one of the other investors is definitely human, I, yeah. I believe. Um, but so he comes up there and it's just funny that he saw him as a normal dude and then he sees him in his boss's office. And that it just very strange, very strange. Because well, the other thing about it. So, so like the, the other part that doesn't make sense to me about that whole plot line before we move on to the other things that don't make sense about any of this stuff is that. So he goes off to like the main offices and like he sees them chasing the girl out, which is the brother, the sister of the brother who's kind of being held hostage, essentially. Um, and then he goes up and he's invited into the boss's room. But the boss's room is very like high tech and like the. OK, we talk about his chair real quick. Yeah. His awesome chair, which may yeah. be the best Bond chair that hasn't been in a Bond movie. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> which is like it's this giant chair that's the world. It's the yeah. globe. And he turns around in the most epic of ways. It's like the, and it's the great. most Doctor Evilish way of turning. Around. Yes, it's super weird. And then no, also, the, can we talk about this other boss guy? Yeah. And it's my favorite running gag, which really isn't a running gag in the movie, where he's like, he's like, the plan must go faster than we thought. Go from plan three to six. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, it's one point, like, because <laughs> so basically from plot, so they have the plans one and two, which are these tapes, right? But the girl steals tape two, right? And so he's like, all right, move the tape six, and it's like. Move to plan six. It's like, well, what happens to plan three, four, and five? Right, you're right. Yeah. So my running gag throughout the whole story is like, go from plan twenty-five to twenty to thirty-two. <laughs> go yeah. from plan sixty-eight so, to forty-nine. So yeah. So the girl. So she plays the tapes. She plays the tape, and yeah. it's like nonsense yeah. stuff. But they're like, it, but then they they cuts back to the aliens, and they're like, oh no, the plate tape is playing. So that's when they make the change plan, and then they're like. No, they can't not understand it, but Godzilla and the monsters on Monster okay, Island. Okay, so here's the thing. So it, it's essentially summoning the monsters. Yeah. So there's one I want to get to, but there's one I do want to mention first. So it finally summons Ghidorah and Gigan, 
to the to the planet. Yeah. Like it also does that. Um <laughs> Talk about the most ridiculous yeah, shot because we've the, ever seen no, in a Godzilla Because movie. this next one is going to be more ridiculous, so let's get this one out of the way. The most so, ridiculous shot yeah. in any of these Godzilla movies. Do you want to describe it? So, it's essentially, so they cut to like, alright, our monsters are on their way, and it cuts to action figures. Like, just <laughs> straight up action figures of King Ghidorah and Gigan. I would argue that action figures is putting it kindly. It's, it's, just... These are like things you put on a mobile. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, like very static. Christmas ornaments. That's so what they look like they kind of fly around. Wait, I don't think I don't think you you gave it the proper. proper yeah, it's like little Christmas ornaments, or like like it's like wedding cake toppers. <laughs> yeah, wedding cake toppers, and they just have them flying in dark space, and they're just the most static. Just fake looking things. And then they have them do like, a, like they space. do like a front flip. Yeah, and that's the one that looks absolutely absurd. <laughs> These static action figure ornaments doing like a front flip where you can just tell there's no moving parts to them. Oh, right, it, it's just so clear. And you know, I've given like a lot of credit. Like the models and it's stuff like, are what, cool, like, and the suits are cool. But just seeing like it feels like to an extent like what a kid would do in a Godzilla fan film. Like a ten year old kid has <laughs> yes, like you would see it on YouTube. Yeah, you'd see like these kid has like these Ghidorah action figures. He's like, oh, it's Ghidorah. Yeah, you know, yeah, or like, uh, you know, uh, that uh, YouTube series, homemade trailers. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Mm. <laughs> and then there's like that one scene where they're like flying around the uh, Godzilla the Godzilla the tower, tower, and, it's, and so... it's just a model. I don't think because and then actual Gigan in a suit doesn't show up until like 10, 15 minutes after that. Right? Or maybe I'm maybe that's a little bit much, but yeah. he doesn't show up for a while in the suit. Um. But the one effect I did like on Gigan is as Gigan flies, he has like kind of like the kind of like the propulsion or the the smoke coming out of his fins. Yeah, like, and, I just and thought eventually, that was a, like they cool. do another version of the Ghidorah one where the wings are moving. But that's especially because like Ghidorah has wings and like the wings <laughs> just aren't moving. And we've seen it done before. Yeah, that's the crazy part of it. Um, okay, but the next part mm. uh, has a bit of a has a bit of a tale uh, behind him. A bit of a story. This is one of the first Godzilla things you ever showed me. It cuts to <laughs> it cuts to Godzilla and Anguirus, and they hear the 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 signal. Mm-hmm. In the American version, what they did was that they added <sighs> they added like language. They added them talking. They added English voices to an extent. And I have the recording of what it sounds like right here. So, t- again, picturing the image, they hear the sound. Godzilla hears, like, oh, something's going on. Yeah. Here is... Something's funny going on. And here is how it goes. Hey, Godzilla! Something funny going on. You better jack. Oh, <laughs> so that and that also continues in like one other scene. Yeah, there's one other scene like Godzilla's like, come on. It, it, like, it is okay. it is so odd. And it's like you can tell like they're trying to do the thing where it's like you can hear like the the, the roars in the background and, and it's it just feel, it feels it feels like you're like using like like one of those like sci sci fi translators where right. it's like it's like kinda coming in and it's like kinda weird and wonky but, because like you're translating it like on the spot. But Nick, do you know where this came from though? No. 
I don't have I don't I, I only know how so I've seen this scene a lot, but I don't know the story about it. So originally in the original Japanese print of the movie, the monsters did in fact speak, but in order to achieve speech, they were used by having visual word bubbles come up from their mouths and this is unfair to the listeners. They can't see it, but Nick, I have the video oh, no. of it, and I gotta show it to you. Uh, the original. So in the original print, they had uh, word balloons. Here it is. We'll probably, we can probably like uh, upload this on social media. Hey, <laughs> so it's just this scene. <laughs> And the word bubbles are like animated coming out of their mouths. <laughs> the last one is just okay in English. <laughs> so so the reason I was going to bring this up, so just a real quick kind of origin of this. Um, so the original version did have the speech bubbles. Um, this version was only in the Japanese print and had a very limited official U.S. release, uh, specifically in 2004. And I believe that this... This video that people normally go to to prove that this exists uh, aired on, like, the Sci-Fi channel, mm. like, back in 2004. Um, but it was never included, including our version of it in any of the other releases. Yeah, it's not, it's not on our Blu-ray. It's on our Kraken right. releasing Blu-ray. Uh, oh, fuck. I got to go get the box. Uh, remind me to do that before we uh, – because we got to talk about the Kraken box. Um the English version was replaced uh, with the dialogue we just talked about, which was recorded by Hong Kong broadcaster and voice actor Ted Thomas, who was in charge of producing the English dub, mm. and uh, he did the voice of uh, Godzilla. Um, so, something funny going on. <laughs> yeah, but a check. Um, so yeah. Um, so really, all there is to say is that they make it to the mainland off of Monster Island. So. 75% of the movie of Godzilla in this movie is either him on Monster Island or him swimming. Yeah, there's a lot of swimming. There's a lot of this. swimming. And poor Angiris. Poor oh, Angiris. he just gets the snot kicked out of him in because, this movie. Okay, so Angiris like, shows up on land at one point. Like, right. Because Godzilla's like, hey, you gotta check it out. And Angiris like, gets on land, gets obliterated by the Japanese military, and like licks his wounds as he goes back to sea. And then we'll talk about it a little bit more specifically. But like for most of the final battle, Angiris is pretty useless. Well, I mean, like, like, but let's just get to it because it's like, what else is going on in this yeah, movie? No, it's true. Yeah, that's true. Because like based off what you said, and, and you're not wrong, the the movie story basically it doesn't it doesn't wrap up, but. There's basically it's a forty minute third act. Yes, is I think how you so describe it. It's a forty because it. it's like basically at like forty minutes left in the movie, they're like sneaking. So here's what happens. So basically, like Ghidorah and Gigan are basically making their way to Earth, and they're just about to arrive, and the hero crew is basically making its way back to the fake Godzilla tower to stop the aliens. And my thought was. Oh, this seems like it's a little early for like the final battle portion. Right. So I'm guessing like they go in, they fail, the monsters come in, and then you know, oh, then they like actually come up with a plan and they come back and do it. But no, this is the beginning of the actual like third act battle, it, which drags on for about forty minutes. And if it were a cool fight, like mm -hmm. you could get away with that because it feels like you know sometimes we have those like long end fights and it's like. Or even something to an extent like 
you know, like Godzilla 2014, where it's like, oh, the fight, like, the end is entertaining, so it can be, like, the whole third act. But this one is just, like, a lot of the fighting... So, the first part of it is just, like, Gigan and Ghidorah just kind of destroying the city, where, like, most of the Ghidorah's footage is, like, reused from Ghidorah and destroy all monsters Mm -hmm. and stuff. And then, like, the Gigan stuff is, like, it's neat, but, like, here's the thing about Gigan, since I'm talking about him. He has a cool design... But he just doesn't have, like, anything of a personality other than, like... Like, the one thing... The one element they give him is that he can be brutal. Mm-hmm. But otherwise... See, I, I like that, though. I, I did I, end I, up I liking that. I, I think, like, it kind of clicks a little bit more towards the very end. But just when he's, like, destroying stuff, just walking around, it just was like, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not a very dynamic monster for destruction. Yeah. Like, maybe when he's fighting the other monsters, even, it's a little bit more even interesting when the fighting, to me. it's like, I mean, like, there were select cool moments, but a lot of it is, like, Godzilla, like, falling on the ground and well, Gaijin falling on top of him. It's like, there's just... It's such a not... phone... It, like, this challenges Hedorah for most tedious fight. Yes. Because it's really just monsters falling into each other no that's really it it's like the thing is like if you had like a very kinetic final battle like in like destroy all monsters or like in Ghidorah uh, or even Abira like that like the final ending right right like you can get away with like a 40 minute third act final fight but the fact that like a lot of it's just there's not much monster action because basically the fight amounts to Godzilla falls down Gigan falls on top of him and and Garrus gets his ass kicked by Ghidorah right like Angiris is so outmatched in this fight it's like all these other monsters and like 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 Gigan and Ghidorah can fly Godzilla has like a fire breath and like they're all these monsters are strong Angiris is this slow plodding armadillo that's just kind of like trying to bite Ghidorah's <laughs> right. tail and then like oh like Angiris is just so outmatched until the end when like Godzilla finally gets the upper hand and then well and then it's so I mean this fight can really be because there are the moments where like it's just Gigan and Godzilla mano y mano, which that stuff is kind of interesting. Yeah, like but I then, said, like that's like the slight moments where you get like Gigan's brutality, right? But like, at, also at the end of the day, it also like just is not enough to for me to well, make no, like because- Gigan come across as as like an interesting monster because well, it's just like he's just again he's just kind of there for the fight. There's especially because he shows up so late. You know, you don't right. have even like. Um, like in like a Ghidorah where like you have like that little bits of like the bits of it before like like a build up to here's the monster like you're right and this time it's just like oh Ghidorah's back oh and Gigan yeah it's like oh we have Gigan yeah who has a buzzsaw that like it does it it makes you think that Gigan is a returning monster yes yes you know what that's a perfect way to describe it it feels like that we are supposed to know everything about Gigan or supposed to like no oh it's it's Gigan that classic monster because why not just have it be Gigan and you can introduce like oh we built we're an alien species that built this cyborg kaiju yeah to challenge godzilla mm-hmm. or something but like this fight can be boiled down to at one point like godzilla runs into gigan gigan like pushes him over and Giris crawls over and gigan falls over and and i couldn't tell if that was an attack or an accident yeah and that's kind of what the fight is and then it's like peppered in with like weird comedic beats like Godzilla sees Godzilla Tower and then like gets confused that it's like another Godzilla at some point like like, is that a joke yeah (laughs) Godzilla Tower does feature into the one funny cool that was awesome where 
the Godzilla tower shoots like a fire breath laser type of deal. Right. And, and, and it's not implied that that could do it at all. At no, that it's just point. kind of just, it just happens. Which again is just why build a Godzilla tower like that. I don't, I don't know why Godzilla tower exists. Um, this was also a movie. This is a first Godzilla movie with, especially this. I was going to bring up real quick. Mm-hmm. So, we're in this world where, like, they're building a Godzilla tower as part of a, like, children's fun world. Right. But yet, like, the military is still, like, very actively, like, we have to, like, kill these monsters. <laughs> no, no, not not as much, though, because, oh, no, they, that's also another thing that, this is brought up and never brought up again, where they do mention that the monsters are on Monster Island. But then somebody, there's a line earlier in the movie that they may be wiping out Monster Island. Doesn't yeah. that happen earlier? Or it's like, like the, oh, like they're they're on their way from Monster Island. Like, well, let's get the military. Let's get all our attack ready. Right, but I thought that was the purpose of Monster Island. So yeah. you didn't have to do that. Um, but what I was going to say, this is the first Godzilla movie with visceral bloodshed. Yes. Uh, discounting yes. the very brief amount we saw in Godzilla Raids again. Um, originally, this much blood was denied by uh, uh, Subaraya, the um, older... Um, effects director uh he just felt it went against the child-friendly nature that godzilla had become but after his death uh the new effects director um who his name was teriyoshi nakano um and future effects directors would have no such qualms Mm. and that was uh uh which was very surprising yeah at one point godzilla gets his skull bashed in to the point of having blood come out of it and then Angiris runs into Gigan's saw tummy yeah and then just blood big squirt of blood blood splatters on the screen we're yeah. just like whoa um yeah and then like they defeat the cockroaches who are just so like it's just so weird you're right because it's it's supposed because you get the sense at the end of the movie where it's like all right you know what maybe it's time that we do focus on world peace and you get the sense like this movie's supposed to be about maintaining peace but it really oh, has yeah, nothing so, to so do in, with that instead of the it, like it's it's on the level of that nuke discussion in Ibira where it's just like at the end of the movie like they see like Godzilla and Aguirre have won the day and they're like and maybe someday we will achieve world peace right but it world- had you had this movie legitimately had nothing to do with that theme but, but also, other wait, than we we, we got to talk about like so when the when the they 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 blow up the tower and the the cockroach humans are dying which i think we're also skipping over the fact that they blow up the tower by putting an image of people like a drawing of people in front of the opening of a uh like when you walk out of an elevator yeah. with a bunch of dynamite behind him mm-hmm. and I guess like the the henchmen are so stupid that they see this drawing of people which is, again which, assume it's again real not, life people not colored in right and then shoot it and then the tower explodes which implies that imagine you just saw a poster of like Frank Sinatra as your <laughs> as your thing over as your elevator opened up and you're like oh my god a dude <laughs> no <laughs> it's clearly a picture of a guy <laughs> But you're right. So then the tower blows up, and this is one of those moments where I did laugh. This was great for me, where they're the aliens are pinned under like rubble, rubble and, yeah. and metal, and twisted beams, yeah. and all this. Sort of and they turn back into the cockroaches. So you see them, and it's just these cockroaches. They're like, "Oh no, Johnny! Right, we're dying!" Right, and then it's like it's done in a way that like, I like, are we supposed to like feel bad that they died? <laughs> 
But it's so weird because, like, they're saying, like, we want world peace and we're going to do that by wiping out all life. Yeah. On, like, it's it's this strange thing about, like, we need to maintain world peace, and which really doesn't come up until the end. But arguably, this is one of the most violent movies you had done where there's visceral bloodshed. Yeah. There's these awesome, which I will say, awesome pyrotechnics going on mm. so many explosions that are actually cool from a practical uh, effects standpoint yeah it, it's just what does this have to do with peace i'm also wondering like what but the- you can't really even get angry sorry to interrupt but you can't even really get angry about it because it's like it's so half-assedly done that you can't yeah, even look at just, it as a missed opportunity the whole movie, really yeah. <laughs> it's just the whole movie is like it's uh it's just cheap and lazy and just not not really that exciting and just not good. I mean, and, and it's just, it's a movie, it's again, it's a really, it is a movie that lacks personality, that it is just kind of going step by step for the plot. You lose the characters, you lose the monsters, you just lose the energy. Mm-hmm. And there's just, that's just kind of really it. Right. Also, I'm wondering what the media has to say now that like Children's Land is just blowing up. Right. Like, like that. Godzilla destroyed. Do they do they cover up the fact that they were cockroaches? Do they like? Oh no! Again, for like the second time, because remember this is a prequel. So for the second time, aliens have tried to take over our planet. So they, the Tashora monsters wouldn't have happened, but Astro Monster would have. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it's it's so it's like it, it, it's frustrating, but it's also for some reason it, it doesn't feel worth getting frustrated about. I mean, like, that's, it, and that's it's, that's the reason that like I rank it low, but I wouldn't rank it uh, uh I wouldn't rank it below Raids Again or I mean, uh, listen, All Monsters Act because those movies are kind of a frustrating can have a frustrating element of because even like even the stock foot the stock footage is ridiculously used, but it's n- not like All Monsters Attack where it's like it's pretty much the plot is stock. No, music. It, it's not that, but I I, I think it. It creeped into being that frustrating. That's probably the most frustrating thing about this movie. Because if this movie at least delivered on cool Gigan yeah. and Ghidorah v you, Godzilla I, and Anguirus, then I would have been like, this would have been worth it. But it at doesn't the end really. Of the day, too, like I, as much as like I wasn't like all in on Gigan, I like the design, but not necessarily like the the monster. All right, fair it, enough. It, it did feel like you could have done more with Gigan. Like I will say, like you could have. It feels like. That Gigan is a monster with lost potential, mm-hmm. which is like something that I would say about like Hedorah. Like I don't think like you lost potential with like a Hedorah. Mm-hmm. I feel like you lost potential with a Gigan. I feel like if you had like a, a more solid movie and like a like a movie that you weren't gonna use that solid. Like if you had like a like if this was like Gigan was around like when like they were making a beer and it's like that energy that they had with those movies. Right, right. I feel like you could have used a Gigan more effectively. Gigan is considered a fan favorite who's not in fan favorite movies. Yeah. I I will say that. But, I mean, in terms of my feelings about the movie, that's how I feel about it. Uh, I mean, I I like Gigan a lot. Um, I do – I actually really did like the effects in the movie. Mm. Um, I was impressed with just the – because, again, I do feel like at least the city destruction scene and how much the pyrotechnics were at at display here I thought was some of the most effective city destruction that we had seen uh, in, 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 in quite a bit. So that that's what I would say uh, about that. Um, so any other thoughts before I go on to the... Let's get to the aftermath. I mean, did you want to find the box? Or you... uh, yeah, let me go get that real quick. Will's gonna edit this out. Did it, did it, did it. Will's gonna take a break and edit this out of the episode. All right, so 
Uh, as I said, with the Kraken releasing box, they have great uh, little uh, sayings on the box. Uh, and so this is this one. Another alien invasion, more giant monster battles. That's just how things are when you're Godzilla on Monster Island. Even though he doesn't really spend that much time on Monster Island. Um, all right. The, in the back of the box, question. What's 65 meters tall, has a buzzsaw in its stomach, and hooks for hands? Answer. Geigen. <laughs> Answer. Godzilla's not sure either, but he's got to fight it anyway, and King Ghidorah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, so the post-release. Reviews for this. I would argue, because here's the thing with Godzilla movies that I that Nick has the leg up on me on with Bond movies is that I don't find reviews from the most prestigious of places. I can only go by kind of legacy, which is uh, which is which I think is interesting for yeah. Godzilla movies. But the legacy of this movie is, I would call, mixed but ultimately forgettable. Mm. <laughs> uh, and not even just the movie, just the legacy itself. Um, it's often targeted as being the example of Toho's laziness, as I said before, with the franchise... Uh, of the franchise by recycling all of its elements, including, you know, plot elements. Cause this movie does recycle even plot elements yeah. of being like the aliens, uh, the footage to the music. Um, some praised the film's commitment to its suits and effects. Um, and, but there was in many of the reviews that I read, there is a very noticeable surprise, not positively or negatively to the amount of blood in this movie, mm. just because, and when you watch the movie, it's yeah. like, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, that that's that. Um, Especially because again, if you're if you're just familiar with the previous ones, it's just that's not even a thought. Especially because like the one with like the the one is just like a squad, like a blood squirting, like you see in like a kind of monster, like, yeah, haunted house type of deal. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty sudden. Um, but yeah, the movie by fans and fandom, it, it's not hated, but not it's, loved. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's kind of okay. Um, Fair enough. So, but here are some reviews I just thought would were interesting in terms of uh, kind of like encapsulate the movie. Uh, June Fukuda manages to create a rather fun film, which should give fans of the genre enough incentive to watch the film. Uh, but those less passionate about Godzilla films would probably be best to best advised to graze over the century, though, as it's certainly far from a highlight in its long cinematic career. This is from a website called Toho Kingdom. Um, I mean, I guess, I mean, I, yeah. I would agree to the point that, like, if you're not a fan of, if you're not interested in these, stay clear. Yeah. <laughs> there are better ones to watch. If yeah. You're just like a casual. Because even I'm a fan and I'm only kind of like, I like, some of the effects are good. <laughs> um, the overall tone of Godzilla vs. Gigan skews a little more childish than usual. It has the same sugar buzz nine-year-old boy energy that makes the series so appealing, but seems a little less focused. Like the nine-year-old only recently heard Godzilla and is making things up only with mild interest. Like I said, with those uh, with those action figures, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the, the funniest one. Oh, and that was from uh, Nerdist. That was a Nerdist write-up. So this is from a website called japaninfo.com. At this point, I am now starting to feel the anger of watching these movies, <laughs> which I just thought was super funny. All right, so last thing. Uh, despite all of this, uh, the major breakout of the film would ultimately be Gigan, as I said before. Uh, Gigan has since become a Godzilla favorite, and uh, while many other old-school monsters have made their kind of like nerd cred retro return, like Hedorah's starting to show up in things, uh, mm -hmm. things like that, uh, Gigan was always like the kaiju that had been in 
video games and like comics and other media for quite a bit. Mm. Like people just like really liked Gigan. Um they even reused some footage from Hedora. They reused the the uh I just remember they reused the the pollution stuff. Yeah, yeah, some of Weir- it, yeah. weirdly enough. Um and so uh so that's Gigan and uh Nick say goodbye to Ghidorah because this is his last uh appearance in the Showa series of films. Ghidorah's cool. Yeah. Ghidorah's chill. I mean, I, I, he's part of my one of my favorite movies of the franchise so far. And uh, in the, his his movie, Ghidorah, is probably my favorite outside of the original. So, but Nick, you know who, um, you know who is really cool? Gigan? No, Harrison Ford. Oh, yeah. Who's Harrison Ford in this movie? He's, um... I feel, he's, oh. he's the he's the person that they got to design children's world, <laughs> but then he finds out that it was all just no, like nonsense, and his magnum opus of park design is never going to open, and he's so angry, and he's pointing his <laughs> finger like at that. them. I like that. All, all, alternate one, he is. Uh, we replace him, and he's the boss at the comic book company he could that, yeah, yeah that's a really good one because you can because can you see harrison ford like rejecting a comic book pitch yeah i can i can see i that. can see that i i did have alternate pitches for this movie too i did forgot to get to them can you can you give like a quick all like, yeah what, what, what was because you did mention that you you did think of an alternate all right there's pitch two versions this. of this movie that would have been better okay one that the monsters want, or the aliens want the dude's kaiju designs because they're going to make those kaijus into real-life monsters. Dude, then, well, but then you could do that. Gigan's a cyborg. Yeah. Then they could have just made Gigan. Yeah. That's or a like, much better idea. Yeah. Or, or they, they're kidnapping the guy, the, ki- the sister's brother, right? Right. Because like he, he's, like, actually, like, designing all this stuff, to whatever. They turn him into a mon. They turn him into a guy again. So that's the whole thing. Like they're, the reason they're keeping him hostage is that they turn him into a monster, and then it's right. like a whole tragedy thing. Yeah, they like both put of those his movies brain. are way better than what we you could have just. You could have actually because this is a crazy Godzilla movie. You could have put both of those plots in them. Yeah, that they use his designs to make the monster, and then they put the brother's brain into Gigan. Yeah, and they're like, no, Gigan, don't do it. Like because it's like his right. brother, and Gigan's like, no. <laughs> and then Gigan turns that, and then Gigan. Remembers he's the brother and he turns on the hey, aliens. There we go. See, we that's per- a movie that we we can put that in a clip. So right, yeah. But this is a movie too, and yeah. not a great one. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Godzilla versus Gigan. All right. What's what's next on Godzilla? All right. Well, since that's that, but uh, Nick, um, it's uh, remember how in the making of this movie, um, poor old Megalon did uh, not get his, his his time in the sun. Yeah, I think it's about time maybe he gets a chance. Yes, and that's why in our next edition of the Godzilla portion of this podcast, we will be uh, taking a look at Godzilla versus Megalon. Yes, but next time is not... It's not. It's not a Godzilla. It's a Bond. Bond movie. Yeah. I can't make the same joke I did last time, so I'm just going to come out. It's Octopussy. Yeah. We're going to find out uh, why Roger Moore returned after saying he wasn't. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. All right, Nick. I think I think that's it for today. I'm done. We're done. We're done. Bonzillapod at gmail.com. That's an email address. You can use the contact us. Twitter.com slash Bonzilla007. Facebook.com slash Bonzilla007. Like and subscribe. iTunes. SoundCloud. All right, Nick. Gotta get out of here. Yeah. Gotta, gotta go to work. Okay. <laughs>